podcasting rent-free from the top of your head. You're listening to the Brain Slug Podcast. We have a full house tonight for our promised big episode for the Mandalorian Season 2 finale. I think, Kat, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the biggest group we've had on the podcast so far, both Force Fan and Brain Slug. Yes, yeah, we've got a total of six people at our round table or Zoom, square Zoom, uh, however you want to call it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) Here we go with the elbow drop. Kaboom! Okay, as you can tell, John uh, is back. John is back. I'm here. (laughs) Did I miss me? No. (laughs) (laughs) We missed you, though, buddy. Yes, uh, it's it's good to hear your voice and welcome well, to the you. first uh, your first episode on Brain Slug. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Last time you were on, we were still uh, just a strictly Star Wars podcast, right? And here you are and, back oh, on for a Star Wars episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's so appropriate that my skin is tightening. <laughs> you get that check, buddy. Well, you know, I'm uh, afraid to go to the doctor these days. True that. COVID, you know. and I'm over fifty. So, <laughs> double. You've been over fifty for like two days, but anyway. Uh, yeah. So, Cat uh, <laughs> Ray, somebody introduce uh, some of our some of our guests tonight. That's not sure. John. Yes, I'd be happy to. Uh, so tonight we have Allie Andrews, who is the one of the co-hosts of the Knights of Ren podcast, joining us tonight. <laughs> Hey, yeah. Allie. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me ha- on. <laughs> yeah, great Allie, to have you. I don't blame you if you want to leave right now because you've been talking <laughs> to us for a good 15, no, no. 20 minutes Believe now. Believe it or not, I've had weirder experiences podcasting, so. <laughs> okay, oh, we are going to talk later about that because, wow. Yes. <laughs> this is just right. the beginning, honey. <laughs> We're trying not to <laughs> <tell> you <laughs> Well, Allie is a sweetheart, so be nice. Um, about a thousand years ago, I got to guest on Allie's podcast yep. um, for an episode about our favorite Jedi turned rebel, Kanan Jarrus, um, which was a lot of, of fun. Of course, it's so, a Kanan episode. Um, so Allie is, Allie is good people. Uh, be nice. Everybody behave. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, thank you, Allie, for joining us. We're really yeah. excited to get some fresh uh a fresh voice up in here. That's really really nice. Yay. So thank you again. We we hope we hope we hope this isn't the last last yeah. time either. Oh my god, no! Okay. Oh, we also don't blame you if it is. So. <laughs> Somehow we managed to talk Brooke into coming back. So. Brooke, it's very nice of you, dude. Yes. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Good. Crazy. Nice good. to have well, you back. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy uh, we had a good chat last time I uh, got to talk with you guys. And uh, anytime I get a chance to talk Star Wars and do it, um, you know, more than just in little Twitter fights, then it's awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> little Twitter but if you're fight. not fighting about Star Wars on Twitter, are you even a Star Wars fan? No. Are you, no. Are you really even a Twitter <laughs> no, that's why I actually I I stayed off Twitter for years until I think Good about sometime like I maybe six months after Last Jedi came out and I got on Twitter and I was like what oh is, what is going <laughs> you picked Facebook. a terrible time yeah I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was bad on 
Well, because the, battle lines were drawn and you didn't even know. Well, it's crazy. It's like you go on Facebook and I, I felt like I was really good at articulating my points on Facebook, but I feel like Facebook's like how you discuss or argue or whatever you're doing on there doesn't translate the same way as it does on Twitter. And there's mm-hmm. just, there's certain rules as to how people like, you know, it's very methodical and it's very chess, like how people kind of, frame arguments in ways that are nonsensical to Facebookers. And so I was like, I was totally blindsided. You know, I started discussing something about the last Jedi and, you know, people just start undercutting me left and right. Like I'm like, and I have no idea how to get out of this because there's no logic behind what they're saying. And I'm like, Oh my God. I, <laughs> and and I endured it for a while, and then I got off, and then the Rise of Skywalker came out, and I, I got back on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I got off, and it's like, oh, you know, finally, I think I'm just attracted to, like, seeing what people have to say. And so, you know, I get on, you know, and now with this, I'm sure we'll go into it later, but with uh, Chapter 16 of Mandalorian comes out, I'm like, oh, God, everyone's going to love it. Like, oh, my God, what's happening here? <laughs> It's just a garbage fire forever, Brooke. It's okay. I'm imagining. And I still, I still don't understand it. I'm terrible at it, so uh, I don't know why you, you guys have me on this today. No, I'm, I'm imagining Brooke getting the- on Twitter after Rise of Skywalker and just tweeting Palpatine the whole time. That's what I'm imagining for you, Brooke. Roll it again. Roll it Out again. Of all the social media platforms, Twitter is the bus station skank looking for cigarette butts. <laughs> And I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Ket lives there. I live but there. Anyway, yeah, I, she is the queen, I the am, goddess yeah. queen of of Twitter. But uh, last but not least, we also got Flip from Flip in the Combined Effort on the show. He's my best buddy, and he's also the one responsible for the awesome brain slug theme you just heard a couple of minutes ago. Hello. It's good hey! to see you guys again. It's been a year or something since you've been on the the podcast. It's been quite a while. Last time we talked about uh, Rebels, because I had oh just my God. finished. I That's just finished right. watching it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. not actually a year ago. It was like nine months ago or something, but still. It a feels long like time. a year. Yes. For sure. <laughs> It was, uh, was it during the second year of quarantine or the third year of quarantine? (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely like March 59th or something like that, if I remember correctly. Oh, I see. Yeah, that was a while ago. It was like 10 years ago. (laughs) That was 80 months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Was this pre it's all going to disappear by Easter or post? God, I think pre, but maybe not. I, I don't Oh, we're so innocent. It, it, it's been a long while. Yes. But now we're all back together. We're together for the first time. Uh, <laughs> right. To talk about Mandalorian and specifically uh, the second half of the Mandalorian. Although, obviously, if you have any thoughts that you need to bring forward from the first <laughs> half, we can talk about those, too. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So... So I guess just jumping right in, um, initial gut reaction, just like, how do you feel about the season overall? We'll get to the last chapter in a little bit, but just. Yeah, yeah. Let's, you know, pace ourselves, you know, a little bit and just, I'm going to say, I think season two was equally as strong as season one um, and definitely had a lot more fan service. 
than season one did. Um, <laughs> dripping with it. Quite enjoyable. I, I slipped on some of that fan service, man. It was <laughs> so much of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it during season one that your concern, Adrian, was that it was going to turn into uh, the Mandalorian and the guest star of the week. And that's totally what we got in season two. So, number one, kudos for uh, predicting the uh, Avro future. I, I wish I was wrong on, on that point, let me tell you. Yeah, but in some ways, it's also so fun. How can you be mad at it? You know? Well, let me tell you. I found yeah. a way. No, you found a way. <laughs> you found a way. All right. Some would say this is the way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, what about you, Allie? Um, I, I, I guess I really agree. I really enjoyed a lot of this season. Like, obviously, if anyone has listened to my podcast, they know there were like a few eps where I was a lot more critical. But um, overall, I like. Yeah, I really enjoyed the season. <laughs> what were What were your thoughts on season one? I loved season one. I, 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 if anyone knows me, um, I'm really into Mandalorian stuff, like really, really into it, especially yeah. like Sabine Wren. Everyone knows that's like my favorite character. Sabine Wren. She, has, she yeah. has the helmet. She brought it to celebration. Yeah. Really cool. You have a Sabine <laughs> helmet? Oh, yeah. that's legit. Now you might that be my new favorite sick. person. Yeah. And she, um, she actually. She's getting it, guys. Oh, that is so oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> Oh, that is legit. Oh, she's putting it on. Can't see this at home. It's better than you imagine. Yeah, it's awesome. So that is sick. You know, I feel very. That is awesome. I see you sick. That is so sick. (laughs) That is. Brooks got a guitar. Ali's got a Sabine helmet. Flip's got a lollipop. I'm just kind of like, what do I have? I have nothing. Oh my my god. No, but I, I, I really love, I've always loved Mandalorian stuff. So from the get-go, getting to like see where Mandalorians are in this point in time and getting to, like a unique perspective, like obviously in season one, we didn't know about the watch and everything. So it, a lot of it was like, hmm, I wonder what happened to Mandalorians. This is very interesting. Like, where are we in the galaxy right now? So yeah, from the get-go, I've really loved it. And obviously I love Grogu too. So like, I just, I love this show. <laughs> yeah. Hard not to love Grogu. Oh, I find it pretty easy. <laughs> Not the character, the doll. I, I have a doll phobia. Dolls are freaky. All I see I is a little green then. chucky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Grab it. Grab it. See what happens. <laughs> what, what about you, Brooke? I know I know you were kind of hyping to talk about it, so I'm interested in seeing what you thought overall season two. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'll speak first to, to, to fan service. I know that word gets thrown around and, you know, how... You know, people respond to fan service so differently. And I think everyone would probably agree to some degree that fan service, you know, when done correctly is going to always resonate. It's just I think we all have oh, different yeah. de- de- we all have different definitions as to how it resonates with mm-hmm. us and 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 how <laughs> and how on the nose it is um, for me. Not only do I not mind it, I actually appreciate it, uh, not because I'm dying to see these people i i'm actually not a big boba fett fan um thank you th- that th- that is a character <laughs> I that <am> now. <laughs> I, I, I really liked as a kid and i you know and i always had boba fett toys but that was never the character i resonated with i just never had a good great understanding of it i felt like mm-hmm. he was really I, I felt like that was fan service um 
in episode two, um, you know, attack of, <laughs> you know, attack of the clones and, and it just felt so out of place and forced. Um, and, and, you know, it, by definition, I think star Wars is seeped in fan service. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. it is part of the DNA of what makes star Wars, star Wars. Um, I don't think there has been anything, probably since at least empire that has not had fan service in it. I mean, look at all the prequels, the sequel trilogy. Um, I mean, not to say it's ever, you know, all throughout, but I think stylistically that's something that the Mandalorian um, does well in the sense that they have a clear idea of what this story is and where it's going. Um, To me, Favreau and Filoni have, have developed this relationship between the, the, you know, between Din Djarin and, and Grogu. And that was always kind of the core of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do think the model of, of being a, a serialized Western um, held up from season one to season two and season two is definitely more prominent on characters that we hold dearly to us. Um, I'm, I'm an Ahsoka <laughs> fan. I, I'm not a huge Ahsoka fan, and and I really liked, you know, her uh, Rosario Dawson's uh, portrayal of her. Um, and and I know we'll go into all these things more often, but my I guess my point is I really enjoyed this season. Um, in particular, a lot of the episodes that didn't have that, you know, character. You know, when we look at um, the episode. Um, before the season finale where you don't really have that big um, fan servicey character that pops up. I mean, it's mm-hmm. what it's, it's Mayfield, like, and, Bill Burr. you yeah, know, and, and, Bill I, Burr and I didn't mind him in, in season one, but I was just, you know, my breath was taken away by his performance in, in this mm-hmm. season. I thought, Oh my yeah. God. I, yeah. I didn't like, care for his character in season one at all. I'm not a Bill Burr <laughs> fan until now. Now I'm Dude, a, Bill on. Burr isn't even a Bill Burr fan. Like no Bill one likes Burr Bill Burr. Because I saw that that episode of The Mandalorian, and I'm like, okay, I like this character now. And then, like a couple days later, I saw uh, the King of Staten Island, and he's in that, and he's phenomenal in that too. <laughs> yeah, and and so, so I'm you all know, about Bill Burr now. I I, I think uh, for for me, I I really enjoyed this season and and a lot of it has to do with the fact that um i didn't really know what to expect episode to episode and mm-hmm. that's what the show does for me uh really well is you think you're you kind of know what the next episode is going to be like and you really don't until you've experienced it and then we have a whole nother thing to talk about and think about and um you know i'm excited to see where season three and obviously all these um uh, ancillary um shows that come out as well but yeah. uh i i was i was very happy uh all in all with um the season fair flip, points there you're up next uh, yeah, get ready, i know flip. flip has thoughts so <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> i thought this season was totally fine <laughs> It was whelming, just whelming. uh, For those at home who haven't heard me talk before, I have very, I tend to have very controversial Star Wars opinions. Adrian knows that all too well. And 
Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We have the same Star Wars opinions, except when it comes to Rogue One. <laughs> yes, which is the big <laughs> one. So I thought season two was good. I enjoyed watching it for the most part, but I felt that there was a lot of shining moments just covered by mediocre moments. Like the Bill Burr episode was incredible. Probably my favorite episode of Mando so far. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. That there were stakes. There was uh, like the thrill of I don't know what's going to happen. It was so fun. The and then the Lots finale. Fun of character development. So if you're into character moments, yeah. Oh, effort. it was so good. And it, and when they because Adrian watches it like right like right when it comes out and I wait until the next day he texts me he's like it's character development and you're not going to guess who and I was like it has to be Bill Burr and Bill Burr just <laughs> won my heart over it was it was yeah, so good one of two characters that have character development in that episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. it was it was great uh the finale was awesome it was action packed loved it uh, I have thoughts about Mark Hamill, but I'm sure we'll get to those later. Um, <laughs> I like how he says Mark Hamill and not Luke. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk we'll about get it. We'll yeah. flex there, okay. buddy. Um, but by and large, I still think season one is a stronger season of television. Um, season one was just so different and it brought a new perspective. And like Adrian said... Because uh, he told me the same thing. Next season's going to be just character or a monster of the week with different legacy characters. And it turned into that. And yeah. I think season one stood so much more on its own. Uh, and not to say season two was bad, but it had some assistance, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Some assistance. Yep. Some assistance. <laughs> some assistance. Really not required. Um, well, yeah. in the overall well, arc of things, when you're, you know... Uh, branching out with new uh, properties, so to speak, uh, it was pretty necessary to, I to mean, have the I, um, in there well, and to have the the Rangers of the the space and the <laughs> you mean the New Republic cops, uh, <laughs> the Rangers <laughs> of the <laughs> space cops. No, it's, you know, that's, it's that's more like Lone Ranger. It's less <laughs> less space cops and more high hopes. They're silver. total cops. That man, they're total cops. Do you see them pulling Din space over yeah. and, and they're, spa- they they're space badges. cops? <laughs> hey, Amando, pull over. Yeah. yeah. Give us a ping so you know we're I'm disappointed for our two units in the back. Then I'm a light. But actually, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think, you know, just based on what I'm hearing right now, I think I'm the most critical of this season amongst this. This group of, of fans of Flip just nodding. <laughs> um, my biggest thing right now is where was the writing that we saw in the last two chapters the rest of the season? Ooh, 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 I can tell you. One of those writers wasn't John Favreau. That's why. Oh my I'm so this was the biggest thing about season two to me is that this season really crystallized that I think John Fab I this is my opinion and people think differently and that's totally fine. Um, but I personally think John Favreau is a terrible writer 
And mm-hmm. I think you can tell that, you know, we've brought up chapter 15 a lot with Bill Burr's and Mayfeld's character development and the depth that was added there and for Din himself. And like that is, I think that's my biggest complaint about season two. And Adrian and I have talked about this before a lot is that the emotional depth to me is it's very shallow in the rest of season two. And in 15, we actually kind of get that emotional depth because you have Din taking this huge risk, taking off his helmet, basically sacrificing his what he has known as his way of life to save Grogu and get this information and then everything with uh, Mayfeld and, you know, kind of the depth of betrayal that he's felt by the empire. And that was fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, season two, and I think I said, I can't remember. I think it was maybe like our pre Mando show where I was like, I really want some different writers. And I still stand by that a lot. I would really like some different writers. Uh, <laughs> too bad. Too bad. Cause it looks like they're doubling down. Yeah. <laughs> they're just going to have all the shows anyway. Uh, <laughs> I could have used a couple of Deborah Chow episodes this season too. Just saying. Yes. I'm sure she's Jeez. too busy on Kenobi, though. Yeah. Well, she's, in, she's in Boston working my, on Kenobi. Yeah. Kenobi. My biggest, my other, my second biggest takeaway, other than I really don't like John Favreau as a writer, <laughs> is that they really need to give uh, Bryce Dallas Howard mm-hmm. a Star Wars, like her own Star right. Wars. Yes. A, a feature. Um, Yes. So those are like my two major takeaways from this season, (laughs) at least in the terms of behind the scenes um, stuff. I mean, I think overall for me, the season, you know, again, I can always find something to like. And so I still overall very much enjoyed it, um, including the cameos that were made, like, even though I had some visceral reactions to a few of them. Um, Visceral reactions. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could publish the stuff that uh, we texted to each other that night. I was frightened. I was like, what is this, Twitter? Where am I? How how much of it was about the lack of Jamie Lee Curtis? Oh, that was me. That That was was, me. Yeah, that was Adrian. I raged each episode. At the end of each episode, Episode where we didn't get Jamie Lee Curtis, I read. <laughs> like JLC tore, from season three. I just tore apart my apartment. Like, where's yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis? And then I watched Halloween. But <laughs> the one leak that didn't come true. It'd be the so funny leak, if she yes. was the stormtrooper in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> that I actually read read up on it today for this podcast. Apparently, uh, it was a done deal. She. Uh, had some conversations with one of the writers and directors about her character. Mm-hmm. She even got into fitting. And again, wow. this is what I read. I don't know how true it is, but she made it up to the fitting level. But then uh, scheduling conflicts with some of her films got in the way. Oh, wow. damn. <laughs> Maybe season three. Maybe they'll rewrite her in season three. <laughs> Maybe. So do we want to go back to individual chapters? What's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, take me back. Which uh, which chapter are we going to talk about first? Throw uh, it out there. <laughs> Why do we always have to go back to Tatooine? And we go back chapter by chapter. That's we're going real. back to Tatooine. That's what's going to happen. Well, okay, let's talk about our, well, not our first major cameo, our second major cameo, because that kicks off the second half of the 
season, second half of the second season, uh, Ahsoka. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> well, in the in the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I've been curious since Rosario Dawson has blessed the screen of the Mandalorian as the character <laughs> of Ahsoka. What your reaction is? Because I know you were like from the moment they they rumored you're like ah cringy how do you think she did after seeing it several times now full disclaimer i'm like yeah. that just because i don't think rosario dawson is a good actress in general all right it's right. just one of those right and i think she lived up to my expectation as ahsoka because she did not emote a single time <laughs> in that episode that's a good point Allie's just laughing her butt off right now as I said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. So, yeah. <laughs> that was one of, honestly, I, I enjoyed when I, my co-podcaster was high, way more critical of this episode. But one of the things that I was off the bat critical of was like the acting. I just, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't feel the lightness that Ahsoka usually has. And I know like Maria and I talked about how like ah- Ahsoka, like I even said this a lot when uh, critiques were brought up about this episode, like obviously Ahsoka has gone through a lot of change and she just had this big experience in Rebels. So obviously she might be different, mm-hmm. but I just felt like some of the characterization was like so strange that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I agree with you. And I know we were spoiled with Bo-Katan's voice actress actually yeah. playing her. Yeah. So to hear yeah. her voice and see her, like yes. it worked perfectly. Yes. But then to have Rosario Dawson come in, I'm like, that that's not Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Hashtag not my Ahsoka. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Ooh, it looks like Flip ooh. and I are actually and Allie are maybe all on the same page and you're critiquing me, Adrian, but you didn't tell me that Flip told you any of this. I feel slightly betrayed right now, actually. <laughs> okay, you and me, Kat and I always have this back and forth, be it on our Messenger app or, 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 or our Slack channel. Flip usually calls me. Oh. Uh, Right after he watches an episode, so there's no record. <laughs> there's no record of it. It's the smart flip. <laughs> yeah. My FBI agent gets really mad about it. <laughs> my FBI agent is like, oh my God, she's at it again. It's no, you know what? I just find it morning. funny. The, what, from We're talking about the Ahsoka episode, the Michael Bean episode. I'm calling it the Michael Bean episode. <laughs> Michael Bean was also in that episode. All right, let's not let's not leave Michael Bean out of this. But in in that episode, uh, I was surprised that I found myself defending some of the creative writing choices to Cat. Yeah, and I, I don't recall if I I don't re, I don't recall our conversation about that flip again. There was no record, so I can't go back and check. I remember we talked about it, <laughs> but it, like the stuff that Ali brought up as far as the characterization goes, like there was a lot of that same back and forth between me and Cat as far as you know she. She went through this huge experience in Rebel. She's by herself she right did. now. Mm-hmm. Lord knows what's going on right now. Of yeah. course, it's understandable she's going to be a little more murdery about things. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it is 2020, after all. We're all a little bit more murdery, honestly. And I, yeah. Oh, and, and, I kept, and I kept using uh, The Last Jedi's portrayal of Luke Skywalker as an example. You know, trauma is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And the best writers take that into account when they're using that same character. Uh, at a different point in their life, you know? 
And to be fair, I I think part of my issue, and this is maybe my issue, is that because in this same year, in like six, you know, six months previously, we'd seen Ahsoka yeah. in the Clone yeah. Wars. And I think personally for me, it was also just jarring to have that like portrayal a little bit more fresh in my mind and then to see her like the post rebels version of Ahsoka knowing that there's like a 20 year gap in there and Mm -hmm. it was kind of it felt whiplashy to me and so I've watched the episode a few more times since then, and I have become more accepting of, like, the current characterization after, yes, I had a very visceral, like, word vomit dislike to Adrian I would, I would, at, like, 1 a.m. in the, the morning. Screen caps. <laughs> I, I would share yeah. the screen caps with y'all, but I think I'd get arrested yeah. for putting it on the internet. Yeah, no. As soon as, like, the rumors surfaced, I was always talking like that. I was like, I feel like it's going to feel kind of strange. Because, like like you said, Kat, there's that time period that we haven't seen. And my big worry was, like, any character development that, like, we get with her in that or anything we get to see with her in that time period we haven't seen yet. Like, they have Mm -hmm. to account for that. And it's also going to feel, like, very strange to not see that happen. And, like... As we talk about, like, I talked about, like, the possibilities, like, if we go back now and we have, like, a Rebel sequel and we have her, it's going to be, like, another whiplash because now it's going to be, like, now we have to go backwards and, like, show what happened. And I don't know. I mean, like, like you said, I obviously, I feel like a lot... quicker I was able to like snap that in, like, okay, yes, Rebels happened. She's probably, like, more stoic now or whatever, but, like... I was like able to build that reasoning up a lot quicker. And that's why when I podcasted, I was more not defensive, but I was like trying to rationale a lot of the writing choices. <laughs> but I still agree that like um, it, it felt strange. And it's I think that's the biggest thing is like it's a mix of Rosario because I just felt like her acting on its own was kind of stiff. And then also just the fact that um, there's obviously like that character development that we haven't really seen. So I don't know. (laughs) Who directed that episode? Was it Filoni that directed that episode? Yeah. Yes. Are we all just a little disappointed in him that he couldn't get her to connect with the character the way he wants it? Or is it just all on her? That was the hard part about being critical, I think, because a lot of people were like, Filoni directed this and these, like, Ahsoka's, like, Filoni's character or whatever. And like, so if you were ever critical about this, a lot of people would be like, you can't be critical because this is Filoni's character and he's writing her this way. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, hard. Brooke, so you mentioned earlier that Ahsoka really isn't one of your favorites, right? Yeah. But I, you're familiar with her, though, through Clone Wars and oh, Rebels. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll give you a little context. Um, you know, I think I coming out of Rise of Skywalker, my first a couple uh, viewings of it, I really try to be the biggest uh, star wars apologist that i could be in finding <laughs> in finding um you know things truth, that you liked. Yeah. truth through through it and and trying to accept it as face value and and then when season seven came out and and especially the particularly when uh, siege of mandalore came out and when that last episode I kid you not when, when the final episode played and we see that final shot there, and we see Vader there. I thought, crap, like the, it was so masterfully done. Um, to, 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 to which, to which it just gutted me because I felt like there was so much potential 
that the sequel trilogy could have had. And so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very much invested in the character. I mean, I can't say I'm not a, you know, this is an Ashley Eckstein, like <laughs> nice, 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 nice little. Know, uh, I, I'm not saying there. she, she's not my top five favorite characters, but I do appreciate her as a character. I'm going to be very unpopular and say I was enchanted by Rosario Dawson's performance of this. Um, okay. Wow. Lar- largely by the same way I, I was enchanted by Mark Hamill's performance in The Last Jedi. Uh, it was a bit challenging. Um, I did get emotion from her, um, especially in in <laughs> particular how she connects with Grogu. Um, and that might at the same time be the one episode that I felt you could probably take out and rewrite the season and not need that mm-hmm. episode. Um, I didn't feel as if that was a particularly critical episode unless we were to get spinoffs and which we yeah. are obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and it's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If the story, no, I, if, I if the, yeah. if the overarching story can be compelling and be sewn together in a way that makes sense, especially down the road. One thing that I've really appreciated about the Mandalorian is there's little things, even from season one that turned out to be maybe not so little, including like Mayfield, like, yeah. you know, yeah. did, he, did. He, was, he was, he was such a throwaway um, character. And in- not only was a throwaway character, he stuck out like a thumb of not belonging <laughs> In the and, universe, <laughs> but the, there was line. There was lines that he said that he that they kind of come back to in this season, mm-hmm. and I mean, and that was not one of my favorite um, episodes Episode, of season yeah. one. Mm-hmm. It was probably my least favorite season but, one. But you know, it was it was same director, and uh, you know, it's just the the way I think you know, and going back to Ahsoka, um. Uh, you know, to to a lot of your guys' points, this is you know a different Ahsoka of a different time, and I do agree that it. it I think for people that you know, when you do see and you value Ahsoka as one of your favorite characters, it can be incredibly jarring to go back and forth and back mm-hmm. and forth. And and yeah, I, I think I, I I totally can see why that people were challenged by it. I can only speak my own truth as to my reaction by it. Yeah, and I was just so I just notice how enthralled i was like i think just being there on that planet um the aesthetics of it um there i had some my big issue with that episode was there was pacing issues um in terms of the editing um especially towards the end it felt a little bit rushed um i think it could have been flushed out and and maybe and maybe they just left some of it on the cutting room floor um i think Mm -hmm. one thing that the mandalorian as a whole tries to do is to try to f- trim as much fat as possible um and sometimes it doesn't work that way and i i do believe that they probably film more stuff than what we actually see um but you know that that comes down to favreau and filoni in in trying to um and and, and i do just coming from a storytelling perspective you you typically want to say and do the least amount of work whether it's music or 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 writing you know if you can say it in the fewest amount of words and be the most effective out of it um typically you know you're going to get something that's concise and and really focused and 
while maybe I don't love that episode as much as the other episodes in this season, I think that episode, there was something enchanting about it for me. Mm. Um, and it made me excited for the possibility of a live action Ahsoka show mm. because I don't think I would have been quite as excited if they just dropped one. You yeah. know, I, don't, I don't know how excited I would have been. Um, you know, there's, I, I understand also a lot of people had a hard time with the fact that just Ashley Eckstein was not cast yeah. as her, yeah. but yeah. I think a lot of people forget that she hasn't acted in front of a screen in mm-hmm. what, like 13 years. Um, you know, and, and obviously if, if Filoni and Favreau felt like she could pull it off, they probably would have had her do it. I, I get the sense that there was probably a hard decision making that happen because they probably felt like it wouldn't translate the way they wanted it to. Um, and I mean, Rosario Dawson, you know, she's, she's a big name, but she's, I mean, she doesn't draw crowds, you know, I think obviously there's some fan casting that, um, supported that decision (laughs) and, um, bringing her on, but Kevin Smith was excited. We all know that. I mean, he's excited <laughs> by everything, though. Well, that's yeah. a fair point. Fair, it's that's true. fair. I mean, he's but, he is a sweet guy, but I mean, you, I mean, you could put the Christmas special, on, the holiday special, on, and he'll, you know, share, <laughs> share a few. Check it out. He'll, he'll, he'll have a whole two-hour, two you know, recap and be crying through half of it as to how beautiful it was. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I totally understand the criticisms of of that episode and her portrayal of it um you know and i just wanted to kind of give my uh, whatever my opinion is worth i came into it thinking gosh you know this is it, it just there's more intrigue like i was just intrigued by it more than anything and it kind of led me to to having questions and giving me that mm-hmm. excitement to you know where is this going because that was mm-hmm. more of what it was about maybe it was a little more shoehorned and on the nose than i think it probably should have been um but we'll see. I mean, come let's come back in five years and see, <laughs> you know, how how relevant that episode because either one, it's like, hey, you know what, that was really integral, or two, be like, you know, that that episode really <laughs> probably could have been done structured differently and you know, maybe and you could have introduced Ahsoka in a more clever way. Um, we I don't think we'll for sure know that until we get more development through the series and the story as a whole. I totally agree. I absolutely think you're right. You nailed it there. I'm sitting over here like the Bendu, the one in the middle, right? Because, you know, we've got uh, my position on on the whole uh, Rosario Dawson thing was I was excited when they announced her as as Ahsoka. I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, because I I kind of feel like that would have been a challenge um, to have the original voice actor translate you know, because just I've seen her cosplay as her character and okay, maybe it's low budget and they could have done more with it, but it just didn't, didn't give off that same vibe as, as she does in the animated. Right. So then we'd get Rosario Dawson, who is a striking young lady who maybe doesn't have the greatest acting chops but outside of Harrison Ford and a few select others how many in Star Wars really start that way you know (laughs) (laughs) so I was excited to see what she could do and then the episode comes out and I was like "Ah, she did a pretty good job 
I wasn't I wasn't like blown away by her performance by any stretch. But it was serviceable to me. I thought she did okay. You know, it's okay if if she takes on this character and is now getting a whole series of her own. I'm excited to see it. I want to see what happens. I want to see, you know, uh, real life Star Wars Thrawn. I want to see <laughs> if we get real life Star Wars Space Aladdin too. That'd be great. I and 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 just to add to your point, I think you know one thing to keep in mind, and we already talked about it a little bit, but. And it's always going to be magnified because it's Ahsoka and, and she is so beloved by so many in, in fandom. But, um, you know, back to the, that whole Mayfield thing, you know, Mayfield was not, uh, you know, at least the, the portrayal and that, that performance and the, the whole Boston accent thing. It just didn't it, it didn't really work for a lot of people. And my hope, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but my hope is that we do see from one episode to another we see that transformation and, and him really feeling comfortable in that position and in that role and kind of owning the role a little bit more. I'm my hope is that whether Ahsoka comes back in, in another episode of Mandalorian before her own series or just in her own series that, you know, they, they find the appropriate adjustments. I, I think they do seriously look at that. They, they do look at, I mean, they, there wasn't, I'm sure there was some discussion in production or pre-production saying, you know, in order for us to bring Mayfield back, he really needs to land and he, we really need the audience to, to connect with him in a way. And, and if we, if they can buy that, it, it adds so much more depth to the story. I, I can't imagine they're not going to have that same conversation about, you know, okay, here's Rosario Dawson's performance. You know, while we were happy with it when we did the production of it, obviously people were critical. Let's look and see why they were critical about it. Um, you know, as much as it's a story that they want to make, they at the end of the day, every film and every television show they have to make sure it lands, especially with these really important characters. And so, um, I would just want to encourage you guys to be, you know, um, at least a maybe not hopeful but at least you know i want to encourage you guys that there is an opportunity at some point that um you know it, she may find a way to kind of own the character a little bit more the way that that you guys recognize her as yeah uh, i think the words i used with agent were it was a monkey paw situation where like the fandom was like we want ahsoka we want ahsoka and then half the fandom was like whoa we but not like that <laughs> but not like that you ahsoka wrong um, the is a little dry. <laughs> uh, but giving her the full series is going to give her a lot of opportunities to win us over. And ever since I like was halfway through Clone Wars, I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to see Ahsoka in person. I want to see her see her translate to a live action situation. And now we get to is it going to be awesome? Possibly. Is it going to stink? Possibly. Uh, <laughs> but I'm excited to find out and I'm excited to see this character grow. I also think that, you know, we're all kind of in the weeds with Star Wars and it's hard to separate like what we've seen before, even if we didn't necessarily like love a character or it's our in our top 10 or whatever, you know, but 
part of this is that because they're, you know, because there's this push for, you know, Disney Plus and to kind of branch out into the streaming shows, I think that, you know, they needed some kind of introduction to this, to the more casual Star Wars viewer. Obviously, that's not us. And so we have much stronger reactions, whether good or bad or indifferent, the Bendu in the middle, um, you know, to that than necessarily like a, a more casual like, oh, Oh, hey, I'm watching this cool Star Wars show on Disney Plus, you know. So <laughs> again, I think like Brooke said, it's going to take like we have to get beyond this season and down the road a little bit to kind of like look at it if if it worked or not. Um, you know, overall, you know, as opposed to those of us who have, you know, the kind of like visceral reaction, like in the moment. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm speaking for myself. Hey, (laughs) hey, so, okay. So first off, a Bindu spinoff. Just pitching that right here, right now. The Bindu gets a spinoff. Second point, um, uh, I appreciate what what Brooke said about, you know, just keeping an open mind about all the spinoffs and, you know, the actresses, actresses and actors involved, because it's true. Uh, I, I went in with this with, you know, Ros- I was ready for Rosario. I'm like, I'm not going to like Rosario. And I didn't like Rosario. But I, I I am trying to keep an open mind with with Star Wars in general, which is as I, as I do with everything. Right. I'm going to watch every single spinoff this show introduced. <laughs> Um, I'm probably going to love some. I'm probably going to not love some. But just going in with already some sort of bias in mind is not the, not the, it, this is not this the is way. Not the way. Not yes. the way. <laughs> and, but I, I, what you were kind of talking about there, Kat, uh, a little bit ago was, um, if I had to like pick one thing to complain about this season, it would be that Mandalorian season two Flip called it a Trojan horse. I called it a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> or a Trojan horse in the sense that, you know, here's a show about Mandalorian, single space dad. Here you go. They push it in through the gate. And then the horse Under busts open. And he got Bogatan and he got Ahsoka. And he got, you know, he just all these all these characters from books and cartoons that the casual Star Wars fan, like you were saying, would not be aware of. The and it's working. It is working because my sister, my sister messaged me this. Hey, if I want to watch the Ahsoka show, I should probably watch Clone Wars, huh? Yeah. And I was like, damn it. We all called it. Flip called it. Cat called it. I called we. And I don't I don't I don't like that because I feel that as a result of that. Yes, it was an investment they put in to introduce these characters and these other sub properties of Star Wars to the general audience. But Mandalorian himself just kind of fell through the wayside as far yeah. as the writing totally goes. I totally disagree because disagree. so much character development and so much more love for Din Djarin that uh, that... That was put aside until the last two episodes, thing. man. I, I disagree with that. Um, yeah. I think we, we see Wrong. a lot... I think we see a lot of... I mean, I, I legitimately thought for a minute there that we... That, I was getting emotional and I didn't cry like I did in, in the last episode, but I, <laughs> in, in the Ahsoka episode at the end, I, I was, I was very conflicted. I thought, God, maybe he's, maybe he's going to send her off, you know, before she says, Oh, you know, please don't, uh, you know, I, I, I got that feeling. 
And then once I realized it, it she wasn't going to do it, I did get the sense that, you know what, this connection is so strong and it's only going to get stronger and I have to be prepared for, for their departure of the two of them. At least, you know, and we don't know for how long, right? But at that moment, it was kind of that moment of realization is I am so invested. I was invested. I mean, I was, I knew at, by the time we got to the midseason, I was so much more invested in their relationship than I was at the end of season one. You um, took his so helmet for, off for him, man. And so for me, and, and so for me, and there was those little character moments where, you know, there, he's sipping on the tea and he's lifting the helmet up mm-hmm. and, and like those look, that was so subtle. Yeah. I love those moments. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love those moments too. But when you have full episodes where it's literally, here's, here's a 19 page script a Boba Fett being a badass, <laughs> fill it out with what you want. We'll get to that next, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> that is just not the way you approach so wait, let's these get things. To that. Let's get to that. Let's get to the all those character moments. All no. those character moments that were this. I agree with Brooke. They were there were a lot of little tiny character moments uh, spread throughout the season. I, those are the moments I love we the most. More of those. Bro- mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. We need a, a lot more. It's like you got an ice cream sundae. And like, yeah, you know, give me extra sprinkles. And they give you like two sprinkles. <laughs> and you're like, well, no, I want extra sprinkles. And then when you're finishing up the Sunday, the guy comes in with a bucket of sprinkles and just tosses it on. You know, it's kind of that's that's how I felt anyway. Well, you're wrong. So oh. we'll just that. <laughs> no, we all have our own opinions. Yeah. And that's OK. OK, boomer. All right. All right. All right. Well, we're going to move on and talk about our next cameo because that's almost the best way to uh, (laughs) distinguish these episodes. (laughs) Honestly, raise your hand if you were a Boba Fett fan before Mandalorian season two. I see no hands. (laughs) Raise your hand if now you kind of like Boba Fett. I really like (laughs) it. Cadre, I trusted you. I, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. I did not expect no, we, this, but like... We finally have a little, a one slice of meat in the Boba Fett sandwich. <laughs> what is it? So it's delicious, mystery meat. It is mystery meat. so empty. Now there's a little piece of that Carl Budding deli meat, you know, that little <laughs> super thin, paper thin sandwich meat that's like the the last row in the grocery store you know you look at the bottom row of deli meat okay yeah that we package get- <laughs> right but one slice you finally get that slice and it tastes pretty good so i'll be say. yeah <laughs> i'll be the first to admit that i rolled my eyes no i rolled my <laughs> eyes when slave one showed up in that episode i was like oh lord here we go yeah. it's yep. Yep. i was like because you know who it is i mean if you've watched right. The Empire Strikes Back. Where's Hell Ain't Django? You know who it is. Yeah, well. Or Attack of the Clones. I'm pretty sure I heard a duck quack in the background in my apartment (laughs) somewhere when I saw Slave One. I heard a duck just quack. Yeah, so so I'll be the first to admit <laughs> that I totally rolled my eyes when Slave One showed up in that episode. I was like, oh, Lord, like, they're really going for it. We're yeah. finally, you know, like, all of the Boba Fett action figure fans are gonna, <laughs> you know, be having their day and screaming about it. And I am surprised Listen. 
at Linda, how Linda, no wait Linda. no 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 you wait i wow. am so surprised oh. that <laughs> i'm so surprised that the last three episodes with tamara morrison as boba i have like 180 changed my feeling about boba fett so 2020 is like truly the year of surprises because i actually kind of like boba fett now <laughs> okay but both cat and ellie both of you two because you both raise your hands a second time what what is this piece of mystery meat that John is talking about? I mean, part of all it's Tamara Morrison. <laughs> besides, besides the casting. Besides the casting, I'm talking specifically uh-huh. about his writing. Yeah. We see him at the end of the, of the first episode. Like, oh, okay. I My interpretation was, I guess Boba Fett's moved on from that. Okay, cool, whatever. Nope. He comes back. I want my armor back. Okay, here you go, buddy. Uh, I'm going to help you now. I'll okay, you buddy. But what... what I remember I messaged you too at the end of the last episode. I wish we had gotten some sort of indication as to as to what his motivation is right now, especially with the setup. What, what both of you guys? What in this season? Big Fortuna, dude. Come on. Do you do you bite into as far as like lagging him more now? That's not related to the casting. I guess so. For me, especially, like I'm only nineteen. So, like, while I watched the movies when I was younger, I didn't, like, grow up with Boba Fett at all. I wasn't, like, that little kid who was like, oh, my God, it's Boba Fett in my first Star Wars movie or whatever. I'm going to play action figure pew pew. And then <laughs> when I when he was in Clone Wars, um, I just found him really annoying. And then, obviously, in the comics, he, he's just like, pew pew, <laughs> kill people. So, yes, um, yes. in getting to see Mandalorian... Um, I, I so I came in and I was like, oh god, this character, he's just like he's like whatever, he's boring, he was annoying to me in Clone Wars, and like he's like just this character who commits violence. And then the line that really stuck out to me out of anything was his I don't I can't I don't think I can quote it exactly right, but it was like sometimes the galaxy comes in to like save the wretched or whatever. And yeah. uh, not or whatever, he doesn't say that. <laughs> but like, you know, whatever that line is. Um mm-hmm. and getting to like really see that he gone through that like growth that step that change like i think alone seeing that sign because obviously he lost his father and like i even said this like in clone wars he's annoying but like his intentions he just wants revenge because like his mace killed his father but like he he always (laughs) like acted on what his needs in such an unhealthy way and like whether it's bounty hunting or revenge seeking and like i i think it's just really getting to see that step he took to really recognize that he's gone through all of this but there is like hope in a way and that there is a path that you can go to like that that's like more towards recognizing that yes the galaxy will punish you but there is that chance to like help people like he helps fennec and so i I don't know that's my little spiel (laughs) i don't know cat you go (laughs) i'm (laughs) i'm here for the boba and fennec shan power hour yeah there we go they're they're part well, one, their duo and partnership is yeah. extremely interesting to yeah. me. And, like, obviously he rescued her and helped healed her. But, like, what's, you know, jumping to the last episode and now seeing that there is going to be this Boba Fett spinoff, which normally I would, like, 100% be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I'm so interested in what their partnership and purpose is. And I know we were talking about like there's no indication in the last chapter at all of why they go back to Tatooine, but I'm still, it's very intriguing to me. And part of it is, is the partnership. But like Allie was saying, I think there's, um, there's something about the tragedy that Boba has gone through mm-hmm. and kind of having, I think at least in the context of season two, um, where he, it has a lot of similarities with Din in terms of, you know, what they've gone through. You know, they, Django, I guess, was a foundling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's that similarity. <laughs> they've both lost their parents. You know, they're both, I guess, truly not considered by some, Bo-Katan, uh, <laughs> to be like true Mandalorians. So I think there's some very interesting parallels there um, that honestly I had been hoping might have been explored a little bit more in season two and I don't know Mm -hmm. if we'll get yeah I know Um, I don't know if we'll get those explored at all Mm -hmm. Um, but but it's it opens up it opens up some more intriguing possibilities Mm -hmm. to me um and I, I, you know, I don't know. And then there's Tamara Morrison. Yeah, and just yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, kind of what, <laughs> <laughs> But, but like what he brings it's to the character Tamora. and kind of that older, um, you know, I don't know, more grizzled, but kind of, le- but less revenge bent than like young yeah. Boba yeah. and. You know, he did nothing in the OT, so to actually, (laughs) like, literally, I mean, you know, a lot of this season was talking about, you know, peeling off of armor and peeling off of the shell, Mm -hmm. and we actually see that with Boba, you know, he he gets his armor, but he's still, he's taking off the helmet and we're seeing the man underneath. And it's kind of less of that, like stoic, silent bounty hunter (laughs) from the OT. Um, so I, I just in general, like I would not have expected this. Yeah. 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 Literally like weeks prior, not even weeks prior, but like, 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 I feel like I was just on my podcast prior to the season coming out, being, saying something bad about Boba Fett and here we are. (laughs) (laughs) And yet here we are. Who knew? Here we are. The best best moment in Star Wars Boba Fett history where was... Was in when he fell into the Sarlacc pit. I agree. Yes, when the Sarlacc ate him. (laughs) Well, I agree, John. There's that, but but I was going to say in in Mandalorian season two, when Bo Katan's sidekick calls out Boba Fett as the sidekick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was cool. That was funny. I I love that a legit Mandalorian. I'm saying legit in quotations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Beat him up. That was cool. I really appreciated that. Yeah, I will. I will give you guys that. Uh, so it sounds. It sounds like you guys are just not. Not just you guys are more optimistic <laughs> about what's coming from Boba Fett. I'm curious. You guys are optimistic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm like, I'm not really like optimistic per se, but I'm like open to seeing Who's right what they have it? to no. do. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can 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 I add? Um, yes, and I'll try to I'll try to be uh, concise about this. But 
for me, the thrill of Boba Fett was not because, and why it resonated with me was not because I needed to see Boba Fett like that. I've never wanted or had any desire um, mm-hmm. to have any purpose for Boba Fett other than what we've seen. But I thought this season and having his appearance here within helping tell whatever story that we still don't know what the, this full story is. We don't, I mean, we know what I think, I think this season has its own kind of has a story within it and a conclusion, but then it opens up to another, you know, kind of set of um, stories for following seasons and now with the spinoffs and stuff. But um for me, what the thrill was, was it gave me purpose when I didn't need purpose in, in particular, um, uh, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. I've always had a really hard time with kind of getting validation as to why Boba Fett needed to be a clone of Jango Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, and even before that, um, Wait a minute. I, an unaltered clone, go ahead. And all, yeah. an unaltered clone. <laughs> um, and, and, and to me, it just, it, it did, there, there was no, there was no reason for it. Mm-hmm. Like there, I mean, there, it was so throwaway as, as throwaway as, as, uh, Anakin making C3PO. Like there's no point there. It does not serve the overarching story, <laughs> uh, whatsoever. <laughs> Um, and, and, and it really triggered me when they changed, uh, Boba Fett's voice to Tamara Morrison, um, after attack of the clones came out. So then the original trilogy, you now have this Maui accent <laughs> when you didn't have that before you had this, like Tom Waits smoker guy going, you know, put him in the cargo hold. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. And, 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 you know, that's how I grew up. And so it was really jarring. And so like, mm-hmm. why, why does, why does Boba Fett need this in his character? There's no point. So I feel like this, for me, it, it, it gives. It was purpose. your Ahsoka moment. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it kind of it kind of fleshes out that character a little bit more. It's like, oh, hey, cool. Now I can go watch Attack of the Clones and be like, awesome. Like, there's actually depth, and it adds to the mythology of what Boba Fett. I mean, even back in the day, we knew he had Mandalorian armor, and we knew he wasn't a Mandalorian. And that really hasn't changed, except for the fact that now we get this sense that like Django actually was what uh, a family. Well, I think we're going to find out a lot about the foundlings and what they are, what they look like, what that all means in season three. I mean, that's really where this is all going towards is is the sense of um, yeah. Mandalorian season- identity. Almost. Yeah. Wow. And what and what is the identity of Mandalorians and how does it all kind of. <laughs> play out so and is uh, din Djarin really going to be the ruler of all the mandalorians because he's the got Mandalore. the dark saber yeah and and yeah. so i think boba fett you know all the if 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 you can provide purpose in for any character to show up at any time um and tell a good story and and as of right now i've I feel like now uh, Attack of the Clones is a better story because of what they do in The Mandalorian. Just like how the Clone Wars, Clone Wars and uh, I mean the whole prequel series really benefited from the Clone Wars animated show. Um, I think Mandalorian has the opportunity to do that for 
uh, not only the prequels, but uh, the sequel trilogy, which is in dire need of, um, of, of making it feel more cohesive than it is. Um, so that's, that's so, why I like it. So to, to keep with the deli shop metaphor here, <laughs> it's, oh, it sounds we like, said no meat, I protest. Oh my God. No, no, I'm not going to call it meat. I'm not going to call it meat, but it seems like the situation in regards to Boba Fett, at least you guys are excited for the sandwich that's coming. <laughs> well, I want a bite of the sandwich now. I mean, maybe. I, I, I just because I, I, I appreciate all the points you guys brought up, and they're valid points, and I agree with them. It's just not what I felt. Mm, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I want to like reference like what you guys were saying. Like, I wasn't expecting like like this. Like when when like Kat said, I rolled my eyes too. I was like, why? <laughs> what are we doing with this? And it's like. I guess it's like I'm pleasantly surprised and I never like like I said I'm not really optimistic per se for the future but I'm I guess I'm more <laughs> open to seeing it now now that they have sh- like shown this depth and shown the possibility of like building upon this character um and and like you were saying like there's foils with Din and like it, it, there was clearly um there were clearly signs of why he was here, but like you guys said, obviously there's like a lot more they probably could have done um, within the show itself. But um, I, I still think that it, it, the int- inclusion itself was interesting and I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> totally. But I mean, like, I mean, if you look at the history of the character of Boba Fett, which started with a very brief appearance in a, one night only holiday special, <laughs> really crappy cartoon, right? That's 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 what we got, mm-hmm. and that's what we knew was Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and that was our first peek. The next peek we got was on the back of an action figure where you cut out enough force points and mail away for this figure with a, a firing uh jetpack rocket launcher deal, right. And the figure wasn't available in stores, so you couldn't see it. You only saw it on the back of all the other figure cards, right? And then eventually it shows up in the store, and the damn thing doesn't launch, so you're disappointed, right? (laughs) Then we get a movie where, oh, he's finally in this movie for eight seconds, you know? And then, okay, well, he'll be in the next movie because we see that he'll be in the... No, he's only in that for 12 seconds. (laughs) So it's like the history of this character is all just these little clips and like it 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 allows people who look at the character and see a really super cool design with all weapons and flamethrowers and rockets and jetpacks and you know all this stuff and go this could be a really cool character. We never got the payoff for it. Hmm. And then in the Clone Wars um film movie we get, you know, baby fat and <laughs> the whole revenge thing. And then in the Clone Wars cartoons, we see him appear a few times, you know, trying to track down Mace Windu and all scowl faced and all that stuff. But we still don't get much out of the character. Now, finally, in The Mandalorian, we're starting to see more than a few blaster fire shots and rocket launches. And you know, jetpack. We're getting a few brief character moments by a pretty darn good actor. You know, yeah. It's still not enough, yeah. but it's more than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, people are super excited 
about the character of Boba Fett kind of fulfilling this this headcanon that they've created out of all these little snippets that they've pulled from all these different like I'm old so I mean I was there for the whole ride right and like some people who are like younger folks you know just kind of like hear the myth of Boba Fett and have like <laughs> Whoa, Sorry. whoa, whoa! No, no, no! Record stretch right there on that. Okay, buddy. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. We are we are not gonna go down that. I've been there since the beginning, and you younger kids don't get it. No, no, I'm not saying you don't get it, but there is context to what I'm saying. You know, mm. I, I'm saying th- nobody gets it. <laughs> I'm saying it's all these little fragments. Yeah, and it's been built up in the fandom, and now we're actually starting to finally to get a little payoff on the character. Yeah, as someone who is younger, like I'm the youngest one here, I'm assuming, unless someone of you is actually younger than 19 for some reason that I'm not aware of. Um, and I'm actually 13. Oh, wow. Okay, then. <laughs> this beard is fake. Wow. All right. I'm so surprised. Wow. <laughs> no, but as someone who is like on the younger side, as I was saying earlier, and like, so obviously I consumed a lot of like that Boba Fett content, like, just immediately when I was younger because it was already out. Um, And so obviously I haven't like built up a certain perception of like, who is this character? What is it going to (laughs) be? So I feel like I, I, it was easier for me, I guess, to make that assumption I had where I found the character very boring and like very baseline. And, and so yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, and I think maybe that is why, because I'm still young and I'm getting this now and I'm like, maybe because I just didn't grow up so much experiencing him being on such a baseline level. Like, obviously I'm still 19. I've still had 19 years of life to like say, I hate Boba Fett. He's boring. But like, I guess maybe for me, it's just like, I've had less of that time to like salivate on that. I don't know. No, I mean, I think, I think a lot of the, and this is taking a real sidetrack, but I think a lot of like the current fan admiration of Boba Fett also draws on like all the stuff that happened in the EU that I don't know about and I don't care. Like, you know, so, you know, I only take what we've been presented on screen with. And so you know, it took until this year, and I think having having an actor like Tamara, Tum- Tum- oh my gosh, Tamara Morrison, wow, sorry, um, to bring that kind of gravitas, plus having like an intriguing, he's older, you know, I mm-hmm. think actually what I kind of love about The Mandalorian is that actually almost everybody on this show is trending towards the older side. I say older, more mature. Um, You know, they're not like teenagers, right? Like Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. So, you know, this kind of like dad Boba Fett who's driving the taxi, slave one around with all of his kids, you know, to to do this. You know, I don't know. That's that's a new side that we haven't seen before. I, I have a question for you. Um, you know, 50% over or under that Fennec and Boba know each other when mm. 
at the start of the Mandalorian. I bet they. I, she's going to show up in the Bad Batch. Yeah, and um, I think I think he's going to show up in the Bad yeah, Batch. I've seen people I, say that. Oh, yeah, Brooke, Brooke, thank you for this little piece of a sandwich you just gave me, buddy. That's something to look forward to. <laughs> I teenage Boba Fett. I think, you know, and I don't know anything because I don't know anything, but I do get the sense that that would be a a pretty good opportunity uh, to have to strengthen whatever their character relationships are going into a new show next year is by by indicating because we still don't know why did he pick up Fennec? (laughs) And yep. and you know get her all fixed up and whatnot her. and rescue Why her. Did he rescue her? What we, purpose does he have we, for that? No purpose, unless we find out something that they have some sort of friendship or relationship or whether it's working or whatever um, in the Bad Batch. And yeah. if she's in it, she's clearly in it. And I would not. I think they're saving Boba for. That'll probably be the first time that he's wearing his green armor. Right? Produce yeah. those unfinished Clone Wars episodes in Bad Batch. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool, Brooke. So, that's the musical. Thank question. you very much for that, buddy. Thank you so much for that. You, you, you have given me some more hope tonight, Allie, yeah. Cat. You guys did nothing, but Brooke <laughs> did it. Well, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I kid. I kid. I kid. I think it's it's you know it's it's certainly all connected. Um, you know, I, you you make a really good point, Brooke, and I think you're to- you totally hit the nail on the head. If I think- I'm wrong, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're you're not wrong. Well, you're not wrong about Fennec being in the Bad Batch, and I would I would be willing to put money on the fact that um, Boba will probably show up in the Bad Batch. But I think you kind of touched on this earlier, um, and we kind of talked about it a little. You know, they've they they've already said that there's going to be an interconnectedness with the rangers of at least with the rangers of the new republic the ahsoka show the mandalorian and presumably with the Bo- the book of boba fett um and i'm assuming that will somehow be t- tied in and so i think it makes sense that given that the bad batch is probably coming early, you know mid next year that we'll get a little bit more of that groundwork as well to maybe lay some seeds for why um why Fennec and Boba their duo slash partnership <laughs> yes Adrian go oh no I wasn't trying to stop you <laughs> oh <laughs> I feel like Flip hasn't said anything in a while. Flip, do you have any thoughts? On well, no, I was wanting to say, you know, we're, we're we're 80 minutes into this beast and we haven't even talked about Luke Skywalker yet. So <laughs> well, we can move that to the after Flip. I, yeah. So final, final. To talk about. So Flip, final thoughts on Boba Fett or first thoughts on Luke Skywalker? You're pretty funny. <laughs> well, I think I can do both because oh, my okay. thoughts on Boba Fett are very short. <laughs> I do not care about Boba Fett in any fair. way, fair. shape, fair. or form. Very fair. That's still. fair. Very fair. Still. Still. I still don't care. <laughs> I, like, Age was like, there's a post credit sequence. I was like, oh, sick. What is it? And then as soon as I saw the Hut Palace, I was like, oh, okay, so I don't care. <laughs> By the way, I didn't message you all excited about that. Oh, there's a post credit scene, man. I was like, just it was more of a hey, there's a credit scene at the end. Just, just, so, just so you know, because I knew how you'd react. 
But uh, anyway, past Boba Fett, we could talk about Boba Fett for for hours. Uh, I really do believe that. I really can't though. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. I, I, I we Luke Skywalker showing up, Mark Hamill showing up. Yeah. That whether you expected it to happen or not, <laughs> that just slaps you in the face. That could be a good slap or a bad slap. <laughs> Flip, go. What are your thoughts? Okay, um, I just want to make sure that Kathleen Kennedy is listening. Oh, Kathleen, God. are you here? <laughs> okay, cool. She's here. She's uh, always sit, sit, uh, sit down, Kathleen. I don't. You need to sit this, down for this. Um, oh man! Recast Luke Skywalker. Mm. We not do not need. We do not need another CGI deep faked actor in Star Wars canon. I at first I was like, oh, that's so cool. He looks so good. And then like it cut and it comes cuts back to him. I was like, his hair looks funky. <laughs> oh, his his face is not moving the way a human face moves. This is not okay with me. I was not happy with that. And in my head, I'm like, how cool would it have been if they had recasted Luke Skywalker that looks someone that looked like Mark Hamill at that age. And then instead of a Boba Fett show, we get a Jedi Academy show showing the start of Luke Skywalker starting. I would watch that show so hard. It would be money, so cool. How much Flip, money did Adrian pay you to say that? No, <laughs> I would love that. I would fly to your house from Oregon every single week to watch that with you. It'd be so good. It'd be like It'd be those so episodes good. of Clone Wars where with uh, with uh, David Tennant and they're like showing the younglings how to get their lightsaber and build their yeah. lightsaber. It, yeah. it would have been that, but post Return of the Jedi, and that is just begging. That would be so stinking cool. But now, if they want to do that, it's going to be really weird to have a deep faked Luke Skywalker for twelve of thirteen episodes. I don't think they'll do that. <laughs> well, well, cat, cat. Since you were calling a me up just dream. now, my 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 dream would be a Clone Wars style animated show. Yes, with Luke yeah, Skywalker. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm yeah. teasing, yeah. really. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Totally, and I'd still be down with that. Yes, with Mark Hamill voicing Luke. Obviously. <laughs> yes, yeah. Which would probably work a little bit better than a whole show of deep fake Mark Hamill. I don't know. I guess. So, you know, we had Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka and there was a fan cast of her as Ahsoka from like years ago and then it ended up happening. And so my biggest fear when the X-Wing flew in and you like you knew like who is the lone X-Wing, like you knew no, it was I didn't Luke. know. OK, for real. Oh, no, Legit. I, no, I, I totally. I, I thought it was the dude from Kim's Convenience. <laughs> no, it's no. True. Yeah. It's like who would show I up totally solo X Wing? Kim's convenience guy. No, um, you knew it was Luke. Oh, great, and, we're saved. <laughs> <laughs> and now I don't. Oh, and my biggest fear was that he was going to take off the hood of his cloak, and it was going to be Sebastian Stan Imagine. because, like, that yeah. was like the fan cast that everybody has been like, "Oh, Sebastian Stan looks like a young Mark Hamill," you know, cast him as a young. And I was so afraid. Not that I don't like Sebastian Stan. That's not the case. I was but just, we just like saw him in the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, and I'd I was be like, like not speaking of like whiplash. Yeah. 
<laughs> Speaking of whiplash. Um, so that was like my biggest fear. Um, <laughs> that. Yeah, Otherwise, I, I, I have a feeling. I mean, of course, I said this about Ahsoka. She's getting her own show now. So I don't think we'll see her in The Mandalorian again until there's some like crossover. But I'm almost <laughs> yeah. 100% sure we won't see Luke Skywalker again. And so this is probably the only deep fake Mark Hamill de-aging that we'll ever have to see, maybe. Who knows? It's the aging. It's not deep fake. Well, I, yeah. I know. But. They, 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 just don't have, they just don't have that Marvel money that they use for for the MCU movies. It's that, all that. owned by the same freaking company. Why can't they use that? Come on. Because it's more expensive. They look The de-aging <laughs> in the Marvel movies is amazing. Like It's like, wow, that looks pretty freaking good. Yeah. And yeah, I wish that, you know, Kevin Feige would have lent that lent them out the whole hey, here's the rig we use, you know. Just uh make sure you fill it back up before you give it back. Something like that. That would have been nice. You know but what I, 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 Go ahead. Oh, what I think one thing and and maybe it's a, a a false sense of hope that I have, but my feeling is as as jarring as it is, um Everything that leads up to the reveal of his face earned my um, my buying of the character. Oh, totally. Um, mm-hmm. if, I think if they would have started with him revealing his face first, I Weird. think it, I think the whole thing would have fallen flat mm-hmm. for a lot for a lot more people in the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that we got to see him as kind of a silhouette as a as a i mean not a ghost he's kind of a phantom of sorts <laughs> go, going through there but it's kind of what you've always wanted to see um and it is very um legend status that um luke <laughs> kind of refers to in the last jedi um and that's why i think it works so well is that mm-hmm. it's like god this is this is the legend of Luke Skywalker. This is what he was capable of. This is, mm-hmm. you know, on top of what we saw in Return of the Jedi, um, this is the next part of his evolution. Um, and as much as it was jarring seeing his, you know, this de-aged thing, because yeah, at first I was like, I, I couldn't tell. Is it, Bing. you know, de-aged? Is it, is it, um, you know, what they did. That, that first, that first moment where the hood actually comes off looks pretty convincing to me. Yeah. Like, and then was, that was talking very, starts happening. It, yeah. It gets a little jarring, but my feeling is as that technology develops and gets better, I think they'll go in and redo it. Mm. Um, I think, I think it'll be, be once it becomes a lot cheaper for them to do, like the uh, Jabba redos. I think, I mean, like any redo <laughs> that they've ever done, I think they, okay. Um, I think they can just go in one night and just not one night, but I'm saying <laughs> once they've done it, they can Let's make Yoda it, look like in, Yoda again. Scrub out night, jeans and t-shirt guy. Yeah, yeah I was just to say, they they got rid of him overnight, basically. Yeah, yeah. and, and I mean, that's easy because I mean, well, yeah. I mean, they still have to you know digitally <laughs> get rid of him. Yeah. Um, but I think they could work on it, and uh, and certainly the, they probably aren't getting quite the reception that they would would have liked and maybe they knew going into it, it's like this is the best that we could do with the budget that we have up to this point and we have to just hope that it lands maybe they they knew that the, it wasn't quite where they wanted it and that's just you know and that's like the a, whole hold on that's the uh, whole uh, John. thing problem i have with them even using luke give us a new jedi oh no 
No, 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 no more new Jedi. surviving I, Jedi. Please, I no. So, I am so off the bandwagon of bringing back all, all the other pieces that I just they do so well with the Mandalorian when they're giving us a new character. That's the a new, weird line to draw. It, it is well, it is. You're right, but I mean, we've had so much, ma- so much of it. We've had Ahsoka. Yes, we've we, had. You know, Trojan horse commercial. But I, we've been John, I would right? say that now the difference us Luke, and they're giving us a subpar Luke. Hold on, hold, really hold on. Cool when you hold don't. On. He doesn't have speaking lines. Give us a new Jedi that we can like a new one that escaped order. You know, and another like another one. No, there's so many new. of those. More more Jedi survived Order sixty six than there were Jedi before Order sixty six. No, so damn many Jedi. But here's the here's the here's the thing. First off, I want to point out that the technology, the the DH Luke, did I did not finding find it jarring. It didn't take me out of the moment. I think that might have to do with my video editing background, because I because of that technical know how. Not that I can do that, but I know the, like the theoretical process behind it. I read a lot about that kind of stuff because it's fascinates me. I, I think it, I think that's part of the reason I am not taken out of the moment so much, like like Twitter sphere makes it seem right. This Second is off, one of the very few things I will say is a benefit of being visually impaired. It's <laughs> 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 oh, really weird to say, but like, it's like, I can't even see it that well. So I'm like, oh my god, wow. I'm okay with it because I can't see it well. Oh my god. <laughs> That was fantastic. That is a glass um, half full kind of attitude. Yeah, <laughs> we, need, we, we need more of that in the world. But uh, to, to John, to your other point, my when we first got introduced to Baby Yoda Grogu and we saw that he, you know he had force abilities and whatnot, I initially became excited because I thought we were going to explore uh, a new venue of force sensitivity that wasn't connected to Jedi. Like we got this little lone wolf and cub. You know, you got the cub and the lone wolf. Cool. And, you know, we're going to see this character develop, you know, with his force powers just out in the wild. And that's going to be freaking cl- cool to see. But the show obviously took it a different route, you know, right back to the Jedi and right <laughs> back to tying it to the to the main storyline. I think there's no other way to close that storyline out without introducing Luke. Because mm. it is either another Jedi, which is, I'm sorry, you got to vote it here, boo. Or it's I, Luke. I, I totally will stand alone on that, but I'm I'm very emphatically positive that that's the way I would have preferred. Now, John, I have a question. Would yeah. would you feel differently if we had not seen Bo-Katan, Ahsoka, Boba Fett? Would you feel differently if we hadn't NBA seen any Luke's of those face? characters yeah. and we did have Luke? I, you would feel the same way. I don't know. I, I feel like okay. I would feel the same way, but maybe not Fair. as as extreme, because, like, I mean, if you look at the characters that they gave us in the Mandalorian that were fresh new characters, um, you know, we've got we've had a couple of really cool bad guy characters. In uh, uh, Werner Herzog's character was really cool, and then we got uh, Giancarlo's. Awesome. It's like Oof, he's the next Thrawn. He's so brilliant, mm. you know? More of him, please. Um, it, it, it's it's like they gave us those characters. Obviously, Din Djarin's a great character. The armorer was a cool character. 
IG-11 was cool. <laughs> you know, IG-88 made him cool, you know, with his own personality and stuff. Uh, Kuig was cool, or whatever his name was. Quill. Uh, the Ugnot. <laughs> Quill, thank you. Um, and, like, they, they gave us stuff that were was new, new characters, you know? Mm-hmm. And... I mean, we've seen the we've seen the other characters. We've seen Luke. I mean, Luke's been everywhere, you know, <laughs> everywhere. Al- Allie, I think there was something that you you wanted to add. Mm, yeah, I was going to say um, for a lot of this season, I was very much in that headspace. My co-host was very much like, we need to see Luke. Luke needs to be here. It makes sense timeline wise. Like it would make sense where we are. And I was always very much like, it's a big galaxy. There's other Jedi. Like there's a lot more chance of like expansiveness. And maybe we won't even like see specifically, like you were saying, the force experimenting in a different way. But like as the season progressed and obviously they started going in the direction that they did, I did feel like Mm -hmm. it was more of an inevitability, as you guys said. Um, Like, I feel like as soon as I heard Grogu's backstory, like that kind of snapped my whole (laughs) argument out of existence because I I just and um, I just felt like like obviously that fits better where they took the story direction wise. And like, I totally understand um, the whole argument of like, like, obviously, yes, the show has done like a fantastic job with new characters. I love so many of the characters the show has introduced and um, I would have loved that. And I feel like. But I, I don't I, I I'm in the space where I loved the inclusion of Luke. I agree. Like, like I've, I've been kind of in this middle place a lot of the time with this season where I'm like, I understand criticisms and different perspectives, but I also feel like this worked. Um, and like, I, I think the biggest thing, too, is like, like there was a thread going around tonight, too, that was like, this is really cool. Showing Luke at his like height of Jedi power is cool especially now when you watch movies like The Last Jedi and he talks all about how he um, he's has like this, like everyone sees him as like a god and he has like this need to perfection. And like, I, I, I think there's so much there that I just love the inclusion of Luke in this, but I definitely still understand like some people's worries about like the fan service stuff or just wanting to see new characters. I still understand that. <laughs> Big <spiel. laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I agree with that. And I think yeah. it's critical um, for Luke Skywalker's arc to see things like this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, while there is a lot of polarizing takes on the last Jedi's version of Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for one really liking his art there and what we see and what he goes through there. I always felt like we need more context um, leading up to it because all we, we're, we're only told we're not really shown um, why he's there. And even showing him at his greatness is, is a part of, I think what's going to strengthen the last Jedi's characterization of Luke yeah. yeah, I do think we're gonna get, we're gonna see more of Luke. Maybe not in the Mandalorian. Maybe it's in the Ahsoka show, and I don't know how they do it. But I think it would be worthwhile to at some point show Luke starting, like Flip said, getting that um, that Jedi Order going mm-hmm. and showing how. Cr- 
I think we need to understand how critical it was for Luke and his motivation to get that Jedi uh, Academy going again. And also seeing that young, that relationship with young Ben Solo, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because I think those things are going to really tie all of this together. And I think for people that didn't like some people that don't like the last Jedi, are just never gonna, you know. They, they've just told themselves yeah. they're just never yeah. gonna like. Yeah, right. yeah. You're totally uh, right. You know? and, and, and it doesn't, and it doesn't matter. But I, 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 I love it. They never will. I do think there's gonna be folks that didn't like it and be like, hey, you know what? I didn't like the prequels, and then Clone Wars came out. And 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 I'm speaking for me, That's like. True. I, you know, I was watching those red letter media videos all day long and, you know, and I was, oh yeah, I, mean, I would, you know, in the early, in the, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, oh man, I was, you know, I was amongst the biggest prequel haters and, and because I was only kind of inter- intermittently watching the Clone Wars show. But once I actually got invested in it and started listening to more Star Wars podcasts um, and having discussions with people that enjoyed the prequels, I, I started understanding what the vision of, of George Lucas was for those films. And that that's going to be a, a, a big difference between trying to tie in ancillary materials with the prequels versus ancillary materials with the sequels because the sequels did not have a unifying vision of what it what the story was where the prequels were i mean for more or less like george knew what he where he wanted to go with those stories regardless (laughs) of of you know the the quality yeah the the execution (laughs) of the films he knew of the story in the world that he was building and the sequels we don't have that Um, all we had was the direction of we're handing down Excalibur to the next generation. <laughs> and that, right. was, that was pretty much it. And then, but, so go have fun with it. Yeah. And, 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 and I think, I think there is the opportunity though, that if we can strengthen Luke's arc even more, because there's room to do it. I, I do think that, and they have to get yeah. clever with it. Yeah. I don't think the deep, the deep fake thing, I do agree. It probably would have been best to, to recast uh, obviously Sebastian Stan is that, you know, number one, but I think, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, uh-huh. really, I, I really don't care. It just has to be believable and we have to buy into it. And the, the fact that they didn't uh, do that makes me do believe that we're not going to see as much Luke, at least at this, you know, in the next five years, <laughs> I don't think we're going to see yeah. a whole lot of them, mm-hmm. but I do think that, you know, star Wars for the foreseeable future is always going to be connected. You know, I know a lot of people want to get away from, hey, you know, we need to see new characters and new this and new that. And we are, mm-hmm. but it's all going to be connected. Yeah. Star Wars has always been connected. You're right. Yeah. I, You're right. But the, to, to really kind of like to utilize Luke in that moment, I see the pros and cons to it, but I don't I don't feel strongly that it was that necessary. And and I do agree that I'd love to see the adventures of Luke Skywalker post the return of the Jedi and pre the force awakens and want and love. And there was a little bit of me when I saw that green lightsaber go on going, <laughs> Oh, that's my boy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but I, I also from day one, when they said maybe a Jedi will come, I'm like, don't let it be Luke. Mm-hmm. I don't want Luke in that role. I want something else. And I don't want 
Uh, well, who was the other Jedi they were saying is still alive? Uh, Ezra. Ezra. Well, Ezra, Cal yeah. Kestis. yeah but... Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis from Jedi Fallen then oh, I was I'm fine with him not being the guy, and then the, the one uh, that was modeled after a uh, Native American in in the Clone Wars. It was Quinlan really Voss? cool. What's that? Was it Voss? Quinlan Voss? Quinlan Voss. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm that like, would have been so anyone, cool. Just do that. Oh one. my God, no. That's <laughs> one. Give us one that we that we don't know everything about, but we know everything about Luke, and we know where his character's going, and we know that. Well, we think we know that Gro- Grogu wasn't there when everything burned down. So, <laughs> no, okay. I've been telling Cat. I've been telling Cat that Luke lost them at a space Costco that same weekend. Right. So Left Grogu was not Grogu was not at the temple when Kylo Ren destroyed it. He was <laughs> long gone. He was that's in the like, aisle where they, like they keep 50, the knobs to the. Yeah, that's like twenty five years down the road. That's, uh, that's a good. That's yeah, a good so he would have been three instead of one. That's a good question, though. <laughs> That's a good question. You know, I would like to know from you guys, what do you think, you know, just off of your feelings, what do you think it's going to take for Grogu and Luke to be separated? Ooh, 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 ooh. I have an answer. Oh, my God. Let me answer. Please we let me answer. Answers. We all have answers. <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to, uh, sorry, I'm going to hog the mic for a minute. It's all it's so the parallels between Din and I'm like harping on yes, this big yes, time. Yes, the parallels yes. between Din and Grogu and Shmi and Anakin saying goodbye yes. are huge. Yes, like yes. they are so yes, Allie knows where I'm going because yes. I put this on Twitter earlier today. Um <laughs> so I think my biggest thing is I want them to invert that. So in the prequels, Anakin leaves Shmi. He doesn't get to see her again until she dies. I want them to invert that with Grogu and Din. Din's going to get in trouble or get hurt or something bad is going to happen to him. And Grogu is going to leave Luke and come back. And he's going to, the, he will be able to thing. rescue <laughs> Din. Yeah, do the magic hand thing. Baby. <laughs> and so, so that's like my, because the parallel between those two goodbyes is so strong. And yeah. I think part of it is also because I was really enjoying like the space single dad and his little green son show. <laughs> and that's, you know, like for season two, I was really like, yeah, we get to see them develop their relationship. And I, you know, I would like to see them reunited at some point. So I'm kind of hoping we get an inversion of what happened in the prequels with Shmi and Anakin. I I totally see that. Adrian, (laughs) what you, you kind of had a, you kind of had an idea. Adrian's like, no, (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm not saying no, but I I just think it's kind of dangerous to be so set on an idea that when it doesn't turn out that way. I'm just—that's um, what I hope. I, you know. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, to Agent, have just ideas. play with us in the space, Agent. Just play in the space. Yeah. You can, you can, you can think of an idea and not hope for it. Or <laughs> put yeah, much in it. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> throw something to the wall, Adrian. <sighs> my, my. I mean, you raised your hand. No, yeah. Just my thought was not as detailed, but it was just more of a. You know, this kid's 50. <laughs> it's weird to say this this child is 50 years old. Maybe My 50, age. Go ahead. Closer to 51 <laughs> by the by that point. 
But, uh, you know, he, that kid has seen a lot of stuff. He's been through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to find life at the Temple Mundane, realize it's not for him, and after a while just kind of go off on his own. Just, you know what? This is not the life for me. I, I got to go find dad. I Actually, I personally don't think they're going to be reunited. I'm probably going to be eating my words later on. You will eat your words later yeah, on. You're totally <laughs> yeah, you told me. Yeah. I'll get you a packet of ketchup, buddy. It'll taste better. That's a terrible bet. <laughs> At least make it steak sauce or something. Just ketchup. But uh, spicy ketchup. I ooh, water burger spicy ketchup. Anyway, okay. Uh, I, I think he's just gonna walk away from it just because it's not for him. I don't think it's gonna be a rallying call for for you know do the magic hand thing. Just like this isn't for me. I've already experienced too much. And do Plus, you think we're gonna see that? I mean, in order to see that, we would probably have to see Luke involved in that, right? That'll probably be a comic or an animated series. (laughs) A book, yeah. (laughs) A Christmas special episode. Yeah. Well, what about you, Brooke? Like, you brought it up, um, so... Um, I'm actually asking because I have no idea. I mean, I really oh. don't. I, 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 do, I do think Kat's uh, idea of that it is most sensible. I do think that parallel is really strong. Um, I think their relationship will ultimately end. Um, I don't know necessarily in tragedy, but yeah, I think there's going to be some tears. And I do think it's... Um, I, I think probably... You know, like what to me, I would guess is most likely is that um, Din will probably lay his life out on the line for Grogu. Um, I think where I can't figure out how they do this, but I do believe by the sequel trilogy, Grogu still will be alive. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, because he should be. <laughs> because I, I and it'll a, be on Tatooine. I, oh I have I have a probably an and I don't know if I'd bet a lot of money on this but I'd bet a few bucks that come whenever it is 10 years down the road 15 years whatever they do episode 10 I do think there's mm. potential for Grogu to be a character mm. in that. Um, it would be it would be because what they can do is they can they can fast forward 200 years and you do not have to be tied into Ray and to Poe and to Kylo, but we are still invested in some of these characters because you've seen uh, Grogu. And, Can Chewie still be there? And Chewie could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could. Yeah. Why I mean, not? I don't I'm know. How, the Grogu and, and Chewie show. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how likely that is, but I do think there is. I don't know how probable it is, but it, it's certainly a possibility that that could be something that we could see, or at least that they could. I'm you have to know that they're at least entertaining that. Like, hey, no, yeah, episode I, 10, I like 200 years after Rise of Skywalker, we have, you know, Jedi Master or a new version, a Mandalorian Jedi Grogu, who's, you know, I mean, they could do. <laughs> Palpatine is back again somehow for another third, fourth time, you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, but I, I don't know how that's uh, my follow up question was going to be, how do they handle Grogu leading up to the sequel trilogy? Um, I have because no either, idea. you know, either it's he he's retiring from everything and he's just going to go off in the distance and 
he's not going to use at like 10 years old (laughs) yeah and and maybe that's it maybe he's just like he and din are just like you know what we're just going to go chill you know at the end of all this and he's he's not going to use his force powers he's not gonna you know he certainly doesn't want to be a hero and probably won't be one um or what do they do they put him in carbonite for you know 20 years and he (laughs) comes out after <laughs> rise of skywalker so he's still cute and adorable or he uh, goes to the un- or he gets sent you know maybe thrawn takes him to the unknown region i don't know you know there's you know thrawn could come i mean uh, once you introduce thrawn like i mean there's a lot of possibilities that get thrown out there i would put yeah. money that this part that particular story is going to be a book a grogu focus book mm-hmm. that's where my yeah. money would be. i don't think we'll see any books on grogu until grogu is not right now dead. not <laughs> right now yeah we, so, we gotta my, get my, through my, the entire mandalorian series before they are going to release grogu oh there is a there is a there is a, a, a grogu uh book coming out next year uh or a mandalorian original the mandalorian, mandalorian novel yeah. yes and it's that's- i am, <laughs> I just don't think we're going to get a lot of interesting development no, what, what, in that. What, what I mean is, like, I think it'll be a book later on, because my only reservation with what Kat said about the whole parallel between Shmi and all that is that I think if they re- get reunited too quickly, the final moment of their separation will just kind of fall flat. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. There has to be, if they do reunite, it has to be a long, long, long time after mm-hmm. after they separated. I th- I think you I think you could do it. I mean, if you could keep them separated for at least a season, the falling it, season four might be. Early, like, is it too early to be the cliffhanger of season three? Hmm. Is that too early? Yeah, for me it is. I don't know. Considering we, I mean, the earliest that we're going to get season three is December of next year, and it might be even a little bit later than that. So by the time Probably. we actually feel it, we might be like, mm, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe we can accept the fact that he, the end of season three, we could take him back. Uh, but I agree. Probably narratively speaking, it would probably that's what I mean. Behoove yeah. him to bring him in season four. I mean, they haven't said much about after doing anything for sure after season four. So um. flip. Yeah, I think. And and what would make it work for me at the end of season three, if there was a time jump, if there is a significant amount of time between season two and three uh, story wise. So like we see Jin with like it's been seven years since he's seen Grogu. And then he comes back at the in some way, shape, or form at the end of season three. I think that would be a really interesting thread, and I think it would feel a little bit more earned at that point. Because while it hasn't been long for us, it's been a long time for him. I agree, and I think there is a, a good possibility that they will time jump at least a couple years. It's the best time to do it. Yeah, yeah. You get you get the full you get a proper conclusion to a story thread. So you're gonna time jump. That would be the the time. (laughs) I'm just hoping you finally step away from the Jedi stuff and focus on the Mandalorian Mm, culture. Yeah, there's so many threads that were open up there. Yeah, I think so. To sorry, I would just we're (laughs) we're almost at two hours worth (laughs) of recording. So I'm gonna say. Everyone go around, not me first. Um, everyone go around and say what you hope to see in season three, which some of us I think are already on the same page. But all right, um, Allie, let's start with you. 
Um, obviously, as we just said, swinging around to that Mandalorian stuff. Obviously, I'm <laughs> very excited for all of that. Um, I'm hoping to see a lot more with um, where like because we 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 got the foundation. A lot of this season did deal with that Jedi stuff, though. So we've got like only episodes like the Believer and the Heuris that were like our two really Mandalorian centric episodes. Like obviously didn't got growth mm-hmm. in the other episodes, but those were only like Mandalorian centric ones. So I'm I'm excited to get more built on that. Obviously, um, I'm writing an article article around this currently, but I'm hoping we get more around the dark saber stuff. Um, whatever path they choose to go with all of that, I'm interested to see. Um. And then other than that, that's, that's the, 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 my biggest things are just like, I'm excited to see where they go. Cause like, obviously I'm really, really into Mandalorian stuff. So I could talk forever about it, but like, we're not, so <laughs> someone else go. <laughs> uh, Flip, what about you? Uh, the biggest thing that I'm excited for the potential for season three is I want, and I'm not sure if they'll go this way, but I'd love for season three to just be Jin fighting with the the several different ideals of Mandalore and mm-hmm. they're talking about the what is a true Mandalorian yep. and you have so many opportunities to, to talk about culture in Star Wars that we really haven't got a chance to talk about yeah um and I think just if they can take that thread and while it could lead to a season with a, a little less action mm-hmm. I think it'd be so cool and so it'd be purposeful world building in in a part of the of the Star Wars lore that so many people find so interesting and has like a lot of love for it. I think it would be really cool to just just go ham and build that lore, build that uh it can we can talk more about the dark saber, we can and he's rebuilding a a, a nation basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's now the the king <laughs> of a culture he never really got to experience yep. the yeah. proper yep. way yep. and that that perspective is so interesting to me mm-hmm. and i i hope disney has the <laughs> cojones to go full <laughs> full speed ahead on Please. that <laughs> brooke what about you um i mean i agree with with what you guys are saying flip um Hundred percent, you know the whole idea of um, battling. I think there's going to be that internal struggle for for Mando because he is going to undoubtedly be uh, confronted by, um, you know, the children of the Watch. You know, we we are going to see them again. We probably will see the armorer again, and she's going to be like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, uh, I need the armor back. Yes, <laughs> and and that's going to be hard because the you know we really liked her You're and fighting with our enemies. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so there's there's going to be that internal struggle. Wait, what are you holding? I think <laughs> this this third season does uh, allow because we know we're getting spinoffs. I think it allows a more focused season on the su- the subject that we're talking about. Um, and I think that's why it's great to have these spinoffs. So we don't have to try to like intermingle all of that. Yeah. So I get why they made point. this season, the one where they can bring, they needed that first season to be really focused. And then once they knew that played off and they could branch out season two needed to have a bunch of um, seeds that they planted in and may, it might have been jarring for for some people but <laughs> I think that while that can kind of branch out you now have you can go linearly with um, season three 
I do think it could be actually more action packed because Mandalorians are yes brutal yeah. and they, and we've seen it especially yeah and then we've <laughs> seen it in Clone Wars we've seen it in the first season of Mandalorian like they're ready to throw down like mm-hmm. you know just amongst their own little their <laughs> own little pod sect yeah. of yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and and. And so I think that's what I'm, you know, most excited for is is just just that is is that internal struggle that he's in in that sense of identity. We have to remember he is a clan of two still, <laughs> um, and I don't know if that's going to change or not. Mm. I think we're going to see his separation from from Grogu affect him too. I think he's going to make. So. I think we're going to see choices that he makes. Um, whether they're good choices or bad choices, but they're going to be choices made because he is not with the child mm-hmm. and he might not be looking for him because we know. And I think that's why Luke was such a, a safe bet or not a safe bet, <laughs> but a smart choice in having uh, Luke is because we know at this point in time, Luke is kind of like a safe spot. he's a powerful Jedi. Like, you know, we know it's only years down the road that something bad can happen, but right now he's a safe bet. Send him with the Jedi that we know as an audience that we don't have to worry about what's going on with him. If we send him off to a new Jedi, we're going to, if if we're not going to see him, we're not going to know unless in the story they want to show it. But I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of Grogu in season three. And I'm sure that's going to kill ratings to some degree but hopefully <laughs> i mean all it, that marketing <laughs> i mean it, it, it might then again maybe they'll sort i wouldn't be surprised if they decide you know okay we're gonna do this episode we're gonna f- somehow try to use luke in a smart way without showing too much of his face <laughs> and without it being too obvious that we're not trying to show his face so um and and again i think it's all about staying focused and um yeah Adrian, John, go. What about you? You've, oh. No, Adrian's been so quiet. Go. <laughs> Some would say that's a good thing. No, um, <laughs> just pretty much just echoing what everyone else is saying. Uh, personally, I think it'd be amazing if we did get the children, children of the Watch cult back in there claiming Mandalore because you know one yeah. of their own has the, the dark saber. But, you know, Mando himself didn't, isn't brainwashed anymore. You know, he's changed. His ideals are not going to line up with the children of the watch. Mm-hmm. This is the way, but this this also could be the way. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it'd be interesting to see that cult claiming, you know, rulership. Like, no, Mandalore is now ours. And you got Bo's crowd. Like, no, that's, mm-hmm. no, you guys are weird. We're not going <laughs> to stand for this. And then maybe even introduce other, you know, bits of, Mandalorian culture, other other tribes, foundlings, other foundlings. Oh yeah, Found, I th- that mm-hmm. could be a huge component of season three. Is what what do, what is the uh, effect of having the you know what is the um, ramifications of having the the foundlings in that season? What do they look like? You know, what is the structure of having them? Where are they kept? I mean, they've not really touched upon that, and they could just drop that like a <laughs> a ton of bricks on us. Yeah, man, I totally agree. Just really ex- finally go into depth with everything they've been giving us the last two mm-hmm. two seasons yeah. for the most part. And and if you're gonna introduce or bring back more characters, like maybe Sabine if she's not in the Ahsoka show or, or what have you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the time to do it. That would make sense. Ursa, yeah. you know, just bring, bring I think in a we'll bunch see of Sabine. I think we see Ursa for sure. 
So if you're, if you're going to do it, now's the time to do it. This is the way I think it'd be cool to do it. Yeah. If the, if the Ren clan shows up, Allie might spontaneously I might die. <laughs> <laughs> John, what about you? Uh, I'm on board with everything everyone's saying, but I also absolutely crave and we all deserve more Moff Gideon. Please. Yes. 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 More Moff Gideon. Please. He needs to be in the background and like this Loki type of capacity, just sowing chaos. Chaos for gremlin. Everyone else. Uh -huh. <laughs> he just needs to be wrecking stuff the whole time in the background, making stuff oh, you so know much he is. <laughs> Yes. He's going to escape New Republic prison. Oh, come and on, yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 And, and I think we might see, and maybe this is not season three, but maybe go into season four. I think we're going to see some more um, inklings of cloning and what that has to do yeah. with all of this. Yeah. Because really, because really yes. that, that's a whole nother topic that we're not even discussing at <laughs> oh, all. I know. And it was yes. A, yes. That was a huge part. That's actually one part of season three two that I really liked was that the M they are planting seeds <laughs> as to why the empire had Grogu. Yeah. yeah. And it was well, very, sorry, go ahead. Oh no. And, and obviously there's the assumption that, well, maybe it's to develop Snoke and, and maybe that's true and that would be awesome. And maybe it's something before that, but I don't be surprised if, if that, all comes up because Gideon's still alive and if he's on screen and he said I got what I needed I just wanted his blood I got it oh poor little baby pretty sure I mean it'd be a safe bet that they're oh my early, God, Grogu clones. early oh. Palpatine <laughs> attempts or something no <laughs> Grogu clones midnight <laughs> that'd be dope but yeah. uh, anyway, uh, like Kat Ray said, we are way over time. Brooke, I lied to you when I said this would be 90 minutes max. Uh, it's not. So <laughs> There's so much to talk about. I just on my podcast, we had like a two and a half hour episode just talking about the finale. And I was like, the <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, You're like, uh, how much more can I talk about it? How about two more hours? Yes. Where, yeah. I'm sorry. Where should I send my invoice? Yeah. Uh, send it to Cat Ray. Well, yeah. <laughs> no. No. Uh, no. 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 It's it'll be uh, six hundred dollars. <laughs> okay. Send it. We send it we're to not John. that kind oh, of money. Got you guys a deal. Yeah. Six hundred dollars. <laughs> In that case, send it to Washington D.C. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Ali. Uh, Brooke, Flip, thank you so much for joining us on this awesome yes, episode. It was thank fun. Thank you so much. It was cool so great points. to have you guys. Oh my gosh. It's great to hear your guys' opinions on everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're all wrong. Yeah. No, I'm no, wrong. No. Yeah. But, John, uh, likewise, it was great having you on the show. Like, again, I was, you know, it's been a while. So, very, very cool. Um, okay. So, a lot of people to do this. So, Allie. You mentioned you have your own podcast. Where can people listen to that? 
Um, my podcast is called Knights of Ren, not Kylo Ren, Sabine Ren, W-R-E-N. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find- I like you even more. <laughs> <laughs> you can find um, our RSS feed is Anchor. So just look us up on Anchor and that pr- will provide all of our platforms. Um, other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at Ali underscore M underscore Andrews. And I do art and other random stuff there. So yeah. <laughs> follow me if you want. And um, thank you all so much for having me on. I loved it. <laughs> Of you awesome. <laughs> no once again thank you it was, it was fun and again a fresh voice that we we sorely needed so thank you <laughs> thank you again uh brooke yeah um you can find me at uh brookmonroe.com uh, b-r-o-o-k-m-u-n-r-o um otherwise uh instagram um I don't do much tweeting because as you've heard earlier, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's uh, again at Brooke Monroe on my website. I do have, um, you know, music uh, for the films and podcasts and things like that, that I've written music for. Um, so that's definitely worth checking out if you are into that kind of thing. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And you should totally, totally check out his music. I, I see this every time we talk about Brooke. Great stuff. Thank you. Flip. Uh, so I am, uh, I'm in a band called flip and the combined effort. Uh, I just use it basically as my personal, uh, Twitter account. So we're everywhere at <laughs> flip and the C E and that's the letter C and E. We're also on TikTok. We're starting to blow up on TikTok, And by nice. blow up, I mean, we have 75 followers <laughs> Good job. <laughs> moving up in the world, but uh, yeah, everywhere the, the handle's the same. And, uh, we just put out a new song back in November. So go check it out. Also fantastic. John boy. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at that John Fred and Ali. I just followed. I you saw that. She's an artist too. Sweet. I mean, and on Facebook, John K Frederick and, uh, on the internet on my radio station, I do a morning show in Eugene, Oregon on nine, six, uh, K Z E L.com. You can listen live anytime. Cat Ray. You can find me living on Twitter all of the time and on Instagram some of the time at Cat Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to follow us for more Brainslick goodness, that's not Star Wars related because I think we're moving away from Star Wars for a bit now that The Mandalorian's over. Theoretically, yeah. <laughs> Theoretically, on paper. You can do so on Twitter and Instagram at BrainSlugPod or our website, bluelabpro.com slash BrainSlug. And if you want to yell at me for whatever reason, there are plenty you can choose from based on this episode. You can do so on Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. I also have a Twitter that I don't really plug anymore because my <laughs> line, my bio now actually says I'm not on here that much anymore. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram because it's a it's a swamp. I don't like it. So yeah, once again, everybody, thank you very much. Yes, thank you so fun. much, guys and gals. And, uh, thank you. Yeah, we should do this again me. soon. Yeah. So <laughs> until next time, everybody have a safe holiday season. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next year. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Stay safe, everyone. Happy holidays and happy new year. Me too. Force thank you. May the force be with you. <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. 
From Blue Lab Productions, thanks for listening to the Brain Slug Podcast. Edited and produced by Adrian Mesa with original music composed by Felipe Rosales. And original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved.